0: Shopping for a vaginal lubricant is daunting. The corner drugstore has a dizzying selection of personal lubricants that promise everything from making things more slippery to increasing libido and boosting your ability to orgasm. Most women resort to one of two strategies. Either they grab the first product they see, then stock up on stuff they don't need to hide the fact that vaginal lubricant is the only thing on their list, or pick something they've seen advertised with labels that say reassuring things like doctor recommended. The truth of the matter, not all lubricants are created equal and the lubricant you grab more likely than not may damage and dehydrate vaginal tissue. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. When it comes to menopause midlife and what comes after, I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. If women are given good information, they will make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information. When I launched this podcast in 2022, one of the first episodes I did was on vaginal lubricants. But since questions about lubricants keep coming in, I decided it was time for an update. 70% of women experience thinning and drying of vulvar and vaginal tissue, which can make penetrative sex excruciatingly painful or totally impossible. But less than 6% of women get a prescription product. That means that 94% of women who have painful intercourse are either enduring the agony, going into avoidance mode, or slathering on one of the -the over-the-counter options. Enduring the agony or cleaning the refrigerator at 10 p.m. are not real strategies, but it is reasonable to start with an over-the-counter lubricant as a first strategy. Most women who find themselves experiencing sandpaper sex start by heading to the bathroom to see what they have on hand. But while convenient, using slippery stuff from your medicine cabinet is actually not all that vagina-friendly. Even good old petroleum jelly is a bad idea. Not only is it just about impossible to wash off, but long-term use of petroleum jelly inside the vagina makes infection and irritation far more likely. Beverly, one of my patients, tried pretty much everything to get rid of an irritating discharge. It never occurred to her that her funky discharge was a direct result of using petroleum jelly as a lubricant, which by the way had been recommended by her gynecologist. To be more accurate, her former gynecologist. In fact, one study showed that women who routinely put petroleum jolly inside their vagina were more than twice as likely to develop bacterial vaginosis. In addition, petroleum products cause deterioration of latex, as in condoms, which in turn increases the risk of acquiring sexually transmitted infections. Baby oil is another popular choice that's recommended by some gynecologists. Seems reasonable. Good for baby's bottom. Why not good for your bottom? But like petroleum jelly, baby oil can cause vaginal irritation and is associated with latex condom breakage. If you're checking out the contents of the medicine cabinet, a lot of women, often on the advice of a gynecologist, head on down to the kitchen. Why not just slather on a little olive oil, vegetable shortening, coconut oil, almond oil, or apricot oil? Here's why. Like petroleum jelly, cooking oils dissolve latex and shouldn't be used with condoms. And they also, they don't work particularly well because their consistency is really thin. I also don't see the allure of your vagina smelling like olive oil. Although I will admit that coconut oil and almond oil smell and taste really nice. But again, regular use of oil in the vagina may increase the risk of infection. In other words, if you use it for making lunch, don't use it for making love. Bottom line. Petroleum, jelly, baby oil, and cooking oils are fine to use in a pinch, but they shouldn't be your regular go-to choices. Heading to the drugstore. The choice of product can be overwhelming. Do you want something that's water-based, silicone-based, warms up, lights up, promises to make your vagina taste like watermelon? To make things even more confusing, some products are labeled as lubricants and others as moisturizers. And while it might seem like moisturizers and lubricants are the same thing, They're not. A lubricant is defined as a substance that provides a slippery barrier between a penis or toy and vaginal tissue. Lubricants do not change tissue. Lubricants do not heal tissue. It just decreases friction. Lubricants are intended to be used at the time of sexual activity. A vaginal moisturizer, on the other hand, is to be used on a regular basis in anticipation of sexual activity to increase vaginal moisture. So this episode is gonna stick to how to choose a vaginal lubricant. Moisturizers are covered in episode 25. Moisturizers are not just for your face. But this is important. For a lot of women, a lubricant is not gonna be enough to get rid of dryness and pain, no matter which one you use and how much you use. A lubricant, again, does not change the tissue it just decreases friction, period. There are three basic categories of commercially available lubes, water-based, silicone-based, and oil-based. Hybrid lubes combine water and silicone. I'm going to start with water-based lubricants since they're the most commonly recommended and the most commonly purchased. But in spite of their popularity, water-based lubes tend to be gloppy and sticky and simply they don't last very long. But here's the main reason I'm not a fan of water-based lubricants. Most popular water-based lubes can, with continued use, damage and dehydrate vaginal tissue. You heard me right. The lubricant that your doctor, pharmacist, or friend recommended is not only not necessarily going to help, but it can actually damage the vaginal tissue and make things worse. Here's why. Most water-based lubes contain glycerin and other additives to keep things on the slippery side. Another ingredient often found in many but not all water-based lubes is a preservative known as propylene glycol. Glycerin, propylene glycol, and a bunch of other additives that you can't pronounce are often found in water-based lubricants, and they increase the product's osmolality. A quick trip back to seventh grade science is needed to understand why this is a problem, and I promise I'll keep this really short. But osmolality is the measure of dissolved particles per unit of water in a solution. Water has an osmolality of zero. The vagina normally has a low osmolality, around 300. So you want whatever you're using in the vagina to be as close as possible to that number. If you put a lubricant with a high osmolality in the vagina, the vaginal cells will push water outside of the cells in an attempt to maintain a low vaginal osmolality. So lubricants with high osmolality, not only dry out tissue, the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish, but also increase the chance of irritation and infection because the tissue becomes damaged. And that's why many women experience irritation, burning, and itching with regular use of water-based lubricants. The World Health Organization recommends that vaginal lubricants should have an osmolality less than 1,200. If you're impressed that the World Health Organization cares about dry vaginas, don't be. They don't care. What they do care about is transmission of sexually transmitted infections. They have determined that lubricants with high osmolality increase the likelihood of acquiring HIV because of tissue damage and breakdown, which leaves a convenient entry portal for bacteria and viruses. And it's truly shocking how many of the most popular lubricants have a sky-high osmolality. Being in mind that ideally a lubricant should have an osmolality lower than 1,200 and close as possible to 300, KY Warming Jolly has an osmolality of over 10,000. The biggest, most sold, most popular lubricant brand sells a lubricant that is basically toxic to your vagina. Astroglide, ditto. The osmolality is over eight thousand. There are newer lubricants that have a low osmolality. But you need to look for them. As a sweeping generalization, if a lubricant does not list its osmolality, it probably is off the charts high the low ones, they brag about it. Many women avoid lubricants with glycerin because they think they'll cause yeast infections and parabens because they're concerned that they'll cause cancer, which isn't true. The reason to avoid water-based lubricants with those additives is that along with those additives comes a high osmolality. The trade-off of using a vagina-friendly low osmolality water-based lube is that although they're not irritating, they may not be slippery enough or last long enough. So my advice is, Skip the water-based lubes. There's this idea that if it's water-based, it must be safe, but I've just burst that bubble and they don't even work particularly well. Silicone lubricants, as far as I'm concerned, are the way to go. Silicone lubricants are super slippery, really long-lasting and non-irritating. In addition to being far more slippery than a water-based lubricant, silicone lubricants don't have osmolality issues because they don't require preservatives or other irritating ingredients. Silicone lubricants do not destroy latex and are condom compatible. Because they don't break down in water, they're by far the best choice if you like having sex in the sauna, tub, or shower. By the way, if you're a fan of sex in the shower, silicone lube on your shower floor is the number one cause of slipping and falling in the shower. Okay. I just made that statistic up, but it can be dangerous. And you'd probably rather not have to explain that one to the paramedics. The downside to silicone lubricants, other than the perils of slipping in the shower is that they're generally more expensive. But remember, a little bit goes a long way and your vagina deserves only the best. Another minor negative is that for those without a flesh and blood penis, silicone lubes have the potential to react with your silicone vaginal toys. Prolonged contact can cause the toy to become gummy or sticky, and in some cases, they can cause the silicone covering to swell and become misshapen. This generally doesn't happen with the better silicone toys, and only if it doesn't get washed off. An easy workaround is to put a condom over your toy to protect it, or just simply wash the toy as soon as you're finished using it. So where do you get silicone lubricants? Your local drugstore does carry them, but because of the higher price point, they may not have a huge selection. The internet is also a great way to find a selection of silicone lubes. Just be sure to specify silicone vaginal lubricant in your search, or you're likely to come up with products meant for your carburetor. And for the really thrifty shopper, there are a number of other uses for your silicone lube that have nothing to do with your genitals. You can even use a dab of silicone lubricant on your hair to make it smooth and shiny. It turns out the silicone product you put in your hair is essentially the same stuff that's manufactured to use as a vaginal lubricant. Just don't use an item intended for your hair and your vagina because the hair products have perfumes, which can be irritating. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on oil-based lubricants. They're not condom compatible and they're also oily. Some women like them because they're thinner and feel more like the real deal, but most of my patients are not fans. What about flavored lubricants? Well, there are three reasons you might buy a flavored lubricant. One is that you have an unpleasant vaginal odor you're trying to cover up. If that's the case, find out why there's an odor and make it go away. The second reason is if the man in your life doesn't like the way a normal vagina tastes or smells. And although that's his problem, his problem becomes your problem. And if that's the only way he'll agree to oral sex, so be it. The third reason is that he loves the way you taste and smell, but you both think it would be fun to try a flavor. Some people even like to lick chocolate off each other's genitals. This goes in that category. And far be it from me to get in the way of fun. Flavored lubricants are generally water-based and have a sky-high osmolality. Over time, they will dry out and irritate vaginal tissue. So it's probably best to save flavored lube for special occasions. Ditto warming lubricants. Warming lubricants are a real problem. The idea behind warming lubricants is that in addition to reducing friction, they intensify and increase pleasurable sensations. Now, these lubes are not warm in terms of temperature. They're chemically intended to heat things up. Chemical warming lubricants have really, really, really high osmolality and should not be used on a regular basis. And if you're having problems with vaginal dryness or irritation, definitely stay away. Having said that, It is less than pleasant to put cold stuff on your genitals, and there are a number of commercial lubricant warmers. Some let you use the lube of your choice. Others require you to buy the lube that goes with the device. If you're a planner, you can go low tech and immerse your bottle of lubricant in a warm water bath in your bathroom sink before you apply it. But again, warming the temperature of your lube is not the same as using a lubricant that chemically heats things up. A quick mention on CBD lubricants. They're out there, but there's not a whole lot of data. Most are oil-based. And the idea is that CBD, since it's a vasodilator, will increase blood flow to the vaginal tissues, which in turn will increase lubrication. And since CBD has anti-inflammatory properties, the theory is that it will reduce pain. Note I said theory. There's zero data on if CBD will increase lubrication and decrease painful sex in post-menopause women. Zero data. And CBD is likely to be absorbed through vaginal tissues. So if you choose to go with a CBD product, the mantra of start low and go slow applies even though the CBD is going in your vagina, not your mouth. And no, do not put your gummies in your vagina. It's one thing to have a great slippery silicone based loop, but you need to know how to use it. A few years ago, I taped a quickie tutorial on my YouTube channel on how to apply a vaginal lubricant. I almost didn't post it. I mean, it seemed kind of silly and obvious. And it really wasn't a particularly well done video, kind of embarrassing. But my video on how to use a vaginal lubricant is by far by far the most frequently watched video on my YouTube channel. I have almost 200 videos, and most of the ones I think are pretty good just sit there. But my how to apply a lube has a ridiculous number of views. But I get it. Most products come with excruciatingly detailed instructions, even when it's pretty obvious how they should be used. You really don't need to be told to rinse the shampoo out of your hair, but the back of the shampoo bottle always tells you specifically to do so. Lubricant, on the other hand, comes instruction-free, despite the fact that a lot of women are not really sure when or how to use it. And did I mention that most of the views on my YouTube channel are not from women? Most of the views are from guys. So you may want to share this information with the guy in your life who probably would never admit to you that he's not quite sure where to put the lube once he opens the bottle. So while this might seem kind of obvious, I'm going to quickly walk you through how to use a lube. Step one is remove the packaging and put the lube in a handy place in advance of when you expect to use it. Nothing kills the mood like leaping out of bed and rummaging through your cabinet, trying to find the lube you bought weeks in advance, and then try and get off all kinds of crazy packaging. Once you're in the moment, if there's any chance, any chance that you'll be dry and think you're going to need some lubricant, don't try and have intercourse without applying it just to see how it goes. I can guarantee you it's not going to go well. And once you try and experience sandpaper sex, it's pretty much game over. Your vagina is not stupid, which means that the muscles surrounding the vagina will go into protective mode to prevent another painful attempt. When pelvic muscles spasm and tighten, the vaginal opening will be constricted and the tissue will be even drier. Once that happens, you can pretty much forget it. A bathtub full of lubes, not going to help. So... Slather the lubricant on you and your partner or toy before you start and before you attempt penetration. The worst that will happen is that it'll be too slippery. The easiest approach is to put a generous amount of lube on your or your partner's fingers and apply to the opening of your vagina. Coat his penis in it as well. I guarantee he'll like this part. And that way, his penis will be the delivery system to the inside of your vagina. Now, some women like to use a lube shooter, a small cylinder with a plunger that's inserted in the vagina in order to squirt lubricant inside. You can purchase the lube shooter for a few dollars on Amazon. This is also a strategy to use it for some reason. You don't want him to know that your slippery moisture is not all you, and you want to squirt it into your vagina before things get going. But Even if you have a really good lube, and even if you use it exactly right, it's not always going to be enough. Lubricants don't change tissue, they just grease the skids. And after years of lack of estrogen, the vaginal walls and the vulvar tissues are sometimes so thin and dry that the only way to reverse the changes is to get a prescription for a medication that will restore elasticity and lubrication. At the top of the list of prescription products are local vaginal hormones, usually estrogen, but sometimes also testosterone, which is placed directly in the vagina, also on the vestibule, the opening of the vagina. When it comes to local vaginal estrogen products, there are a lot of choices: creams, rings, vaginal tablets, insert. I cover the details in vaginal estrogen, rings, creams, and other things. There are also other prescription products without estrogen, like DHEA and ispemaphene. And for those that are interested, laser is another reasonable approach. I'll put all those episodes in the program notes. And if you're using a vaginal estrogen and still having pain, check out episode 27, I'm using vaginal estrogen, but sex still hurts like hell. So, Lubricants are a really good thing, but if you choose a water-based product, make sure it has a low osmolality. Most of my patients tell me that a good silicone lube makes all the difference in the world. So splurge. Trust me, if you spring for the good lubricant, your vagina, your partner, and even your hair will thank you. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my inside information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of. I finally found a friend who understands the flashes and the feeling dry as sand. My body was on pause. It wasn't taking calls. Then Francie took me. I feel blue She helped me see the light